Good morning, and welcome to Monday Mornings. With Maddie and Morgan. I'm Maddie. And I'm Morgan. Hello. Hello. How are you? fall. I know. Oh my gosh, September's almost over. We were just talking about that. Yeah, I was like, oh, because I have something like some of the first weekends in October. And I was like, don't worry, that's like a few weeks away. And then I looked at the calendar it's and next it's not. weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Insanity. Rip. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> but how has your week been? Uh, it's been good. I saw some old friends from high school that I haven't seen in a nice. very long time. That's always fun. Yeah, how are you? Good. Tyler's birthday was this week, so HBD TP. Yes, HBD Tyler Terry. <laughs> You're old. <laughs> 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 but that was nice, and I've been dog-sitting this weekend, so you know I'm the queen of disclaimers, but this time we actually have a real disclaimer because <laughs> this guy, Mr. Tyrus, oh. is unpredictable. He's a wild card. <laughs> So <laughs> he's old, but he did just bark as we hit record. Yeah. So they live in like a townhouse, but he barks at every single car that goes by. So <laughs> I'm like, come on, man, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> but so that's been good. Well, I have a spooky season episode for us today. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> Dracula. I'm really excited. I worked really hard on these notes. They took me forever. Yay! But there was a little bit of a twist that I'll tell you about later that kind of rerouted my research, but we'll get to that. (laughs) But yeah, so I guess we can get started. Yeah. And um, my other disclaimer for today is that they're out of coffee at this house, so and it's the morning, so <laughs> bear with me. I'm drinking tea, but sometimes that doesn't cut it. I'm drinking tea as well, and honestly, it's just making me, like, really sweaty, so <laughs> I might put it Literally down. sweating. <laughs> but, all right. So, first things first, the history of vampires dates back to long before the Dracula novel was even a glimmer of an idea. Or its author was even born. So, like, a long time ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Cultures such as the Mesopotamians, Hebrews, ancient Greeks, Manipuri, and Romans all had tales of demons and spirits that were considered kind of precursors to modern vampires. So, in some cases, it wasn't necessarily, like, a person that was had vampiric tendencies. It could be, like, an animal or, like, a... (laughs) There was one where there was like they had like vampiric crops. <laughs> no. I didn't read it, but I like read it in passing during one of the um things that corn I was is coming for you. Right. I was literally picturing like a cob of corn with little vampire fangs. Uh-huh. <laughs> but so long story short, it's pretty universal. That the idea of vampirism is kind of all over. But today we're going to focus mostly on Dracula. Because as we'll talk about later, it kind of like sparked the entire genre, film and literature genre of vampires. I have a question. Yes. Were you able to figure out if he says blah, blah, blah or no? Oh, totally he does. (laughs) 
Okay, because Adam Sandler's character in Hotel Transylvania, Transylvania's favorite line is, I do not say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I should watch that. That would be a good spooky season movie. It's one of my favorite, honestly. <laughs> I've never seen it. I tried to watch the, so as we'll talk about later, there's like a ton of Dracula adaptations, like literally thousands. I tried to watch one last night and then I fell asleep. But (laughs) despite the occurrence of vampiric creatures in these ancient civilizations, the folklore for the entity known today as the vampire originates almost exclusively from early 18th century southeastern Europe. Which is not a surprise. We all kind of knew that. That Romanian, Transylvanian region. Yeah. Um, When verbal traditions of many ethnic groups of the region were recorded and published. Mm. In most cases, vampires are revenants of evil beings, suicide victims, or witches. But they can also be created by a malevolent spirit possessing a corpse or being bitten by a vampire. Hmm. Yeah. Do they sparkle? Yeah. Good. (laughs) The Count Dracula in the 1992 version, which is the one I was watching last night, does not look like what you would expect. (laughs) Damn. He is kind of sparkly. Hold on. Let me send you a picture. So there's like a old Count Dracula and a young Count Dracula. Mm. In this movie, um, the old one is what I'm referring to. So that's what I'm going to send you a picture of. All right. Is that Johnny Depp? Yeah, but that's not what I was talking about. Oh, the, the, one, oh, the old my one. Goodness. I know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. That's a little scary. He has a really long ponytail, too. You can't see it. <laughs> it looks like his head is shaped like a heart. Yeah. Um. Oh, God. Yeah, he's creepy. Yeah. But <laughs> we will talk about that more later. He's licking a blade in the picture. Oh, yeah. Bummer. <laughs> That's not safe. <laughs> no. <laughs> Belief in such vampire legends became so pervasive that in some areas it actually caused mass hysteria and even public executions of people believed to be vampires. So we're not going to talk a ton about... This is like all I have for the history because I wanted to focus mostly on Dracula Mm -hmm. for this. Maybe at some point or in a mini or something we can do like how to fight a vampire or (gasps) something like that. Yes. Which could be fun, because there's, like, a whole another world of that stuff that mostly came out in the 1800s, like, after this, well, around the time that this book came out. So, but I will tell you a little bit of how, (laughs) ways you can make a vampire. Okay. (laughs) So, especially in Europe, there are approximately a bazillion ways that you could, quote, make a vampire. So, I'm just going to list some examples for you. If a cat or a dog jumps over a corpse, (laughs) if a body has a wound that has not been treated with boiling water, ow, or if a witch rebelled against the church. Okay. As a witch, I think that's 
how you rebel against the church, period, just being a witch. Right, by being a witch, but (laughs) (laughs) whatever. (laughs) So now we get to talk about what we're here to really talk about, which is Dracula. Yay! So I've never actually read Dracula. I did briefly try to listen to it in podcast form, but as we've talked about before, I have a very short attention span, and therefore... I have a hard time actually paying attention to audiobooks. I'm good with podcasts, but audiobooks, especially when there's a soothing narrator, I have a really hard time with. I fall right asleep. (laughs) Yeah, I was listening at work, and like an hour went by, and I was like, I have no idea what I've been listening to. Yup. So, oh well. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you about it anyway. (laughs) A for effort. The novel Dracula was mostly written in the 1890s by Bram Stoker. Stoker produced over 100 pages of notes for the novel. Mm. The novel itself is like 419 pages long or something. No, thank you. Um, But yeah, just for notes without any of the actual writing. He had over 100 pages of notes, which is crazy. Wacky. (laughs) Okay. Drawing extensively from Transylvanian folklore and history. Um, if We'll talk about this more, but Transylvania is part of modern-day Romania. Mm-hmm. It used to be, like, kind of separate, but now it's all the same. Yeah. Um, some scholars have suggested that the character of Dracula was inspired by historical, historical figures like the Wallachian prince. Vlad the Impaler, or the Countess Elizabeth Bathory. But there is widespread disagreement. Elizabeth Bathory, I definitely want to do an episode on her because yes. she is absurd. I had not heard of her before this, and I did a little bit of research on her, and I was like... <laughs> I know, I think I listened to a Morbid episode, and then I th- think they may have covered it on And That's Why We Drink but it was probably a while ago. Yeah. I definitely had had heard the name, but it like, it didn't ring any bells. (laughs) Yeah. She's wacky. Um. (laughs) But unfortunately, Mr. Stoker's notes don't mention either of them. Mm. He actually found the name Dracula in Whitby's public library while holidaying there because he's Mm. British. Holiday. (laughs) Picking it because he thought it meant devil in Romanian, which we'll get into a little bit more later. Mm. This novel is a little bit different because it's what they call epistolary. I don't know if that's actually how you pronounce that. I should have looked it up. (laughs) But it basically means that the narrative is related through letters, diary entries, and newspaper articles. So it's, it's a mixed bag, truly. I kind of want to read it now. An array of sources. I'm assuming because it's 1800s writing that it's probably a little slow. (laughs) A little bit hard to digest. (laughs) I'm going to bring us right back to high school now and read you the Sparknotes plot overview. It's a little long, but I thought it was important to at least talk about the story because that's what we're here for. Here we go. Dracula by Bram Stoker (laughs) Jonathan Harker who in the 1992 movie is played by a young Keanu Reeves (laughs) oh my god 
And his wife is played by a young Winona Ryder. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so Jonathan Harker, a young English lawyer, travels to Castle Dracula in the Eastern European country of Transylvania to conclude a real estate transaction with a nobleman named Count Dracula. Mm. I do have to say, <laughs> in that movie specifically, he looks like he's about 12 years old. <laughs> so it's kind of funny that he's going there to do a real estate transaction. <laughs> but anyway, as Harker wends his way through the picturesque countryside, the local peasants warn him about his destination, giving him crucifixes and other charms against evil, and uttering strange words that Harker later translates to, quote, vampire. Hmm. But, so, I mean, if that was me, I'd probably turn around. Yeah, if there's, like, locals that are, like, don't do, go there. Don't do it. Usually trust the locals. Just, just that, at least. Yeah. Frightened, but no less determined, Harker meets the Count's carriages planned. The journey to the castle is harrowing, and the carriage is nearly attacked by angry wolves along the way. So, strike two. <laughs> Werewolves. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Upon arriving at the crumbling old castle, Harker finds that the elderly Dracula is a well-educated and hospitable gentleman. After only a few days, however, Harker realizes that he's effectively a prisoner in the castle. As After expected, what did you think was going to happen, man? Excuse me? The more Harker investigates the nature of his confinement, the more uneasy he becomes. He realizes that the Count possesses supernatural powers and diabolical ambitions. One evening, Harker's nearly attacked by three beautiful and seductive female vampires. <laughs> <laughs> but the Count staves them off, telling the vampires that Harker belongs to him. Oh! <laughs> yep. Fearing for his life, Harker attempts to escape from the castle by climbing down the walls. Oh, safe. Yeah, the crumbling walls, as we mentioned before. <laughs> Castle walls. <laughs> Meanwhile, in England, Harker's fiance, Mina Murray, who we said was a young Winona Ryder in the 1992 version, yes. corresponds with her friend Lucy Westerna. Lucy has received marriage proposals from three men, Dr. John Seward, Arthur Holmwood, and an American named Quincy Morris. Who is a straight up cowboy in the 1992 version? <laughs> okay, I wish that was my problem. I have three men proposing to me. What? I was awake for that part. It was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Though saddened by the fact that she must reject two of these suitors, Lucy accepts Homewood's proposal. Mina visits Lucy at the seaside town, seaside town of Whitby. A Russian ship is wrecked on the shore near the town, with all of its crew missing and the captain dead. Oh. The Let's only see. sign of life aboard is a large dog that bounds ashore and disappears into the countryside. Black dog? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hello. The only, <laughs> the only cargo is a set of 50 boxes of earth, so literal dirt, <laughs> shipped from Castle Dracula. What a coincidence. He shipped dirt? Apparently. <laughs> is that because... Okay, so my favorite show is what we do in... Or what they do in the shadows. I don't know what it is. 
it's basically modern day vampires, but they're like from way, way, way back in the day. And they live in modern like New York and it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. I think I would love that. I'm going to have to start that. <laughs> yeah. It's on Hulu. There's a movie of it too. I just don't know where it is. I watched it like years and years and years ago, but it's very funny and they have to bring dirt from their homeland. Otherwise they can't sleep and they lose their powers. So that's the only reason I'm bringing that up. That could be it. Yep. Not long after, Lucy suddenly begins sleepwalking. Safe. One night, Mina finds Lucy in the town cemetery and believes she sees a dark form with glowing red eyes bending over Lucy. Uh, Lucy Uh, no. (laughs) Lucy becomes pale and ill. And she bears two tiny red marks at her throat, for which neither Dr. Seward nor Mina can account. Well, it's probably that creepy black figure with the glowing red eyes that you saw. Oh, you would think. Yeah. Jeez. (laughs) Unable to arrive at a satisfactory diagnosis, Dr. Seward sends for his old mentor, Professor Van Helsing. Ah. I know the name. Suffering from brain fever, Harker reappears in the city of Budapest after his escape. Green fever? Brain fever. Oh, okay. So, gotcha. I'm not sure what a brain fever is. It usually is like encephalitis, but then you... Yeah, but then you die. Yeah. Especially back then. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. So, <laughs> after Harker reappears in Budapest, Mina goes to join him. She's like, screw this, I'm out of here. Lucy's, like, <laughs> being attacked by mysterious things, so. Yeah. Lucy's got her own drama. <laughs> yeah, Lucy's full of drama. <laughs> Apparently. And then Van Helsing arrives in Whitby, where Lucy and Dr. Stewart are. And after his initial examination of Lucy, he orders that her chambers to be covered with garlic. Oh! A traditional charm against vampires. Personally, I love garlic, so that would not be a bad thing. I know. It was just, oh, so good. Have you ever been to a garlic festival? Let's go. Yeah, my coworker always tells me about it. She's like, it's so great. They have everything garlic. Oh my okay. gosh, that sounds amazing. That well, sounds like my life. Everything garlic. <laughs> we'll definitely not get eaten by vampires there, so. That's true, we're safe. Sounds like a good time. I agree. I wonder if they have those, like, garlands of, like, dried garlic that you can I hang would... in your house. Yes. We have <laughs> one totally do that. and it's, like, dyed. Like, some of them are dyed, and it's, like, weaved together, like, flowers. It's very pretty. <laughs> And your work is safe against vampires. Mm-hmm. Perfect. For a time, the garlic seems to stave off Lucy's illness. Mm. And she begins to recover, but her mother, unaware of the garlic's power, unwittingly removes the odiferous plants from the room, leaving Lucy vul- vulnerable to further attack. Dumb. Come on, Mom. Damn it, Mom. Mom's secretly a vampire, that's why. <laughs> Just to get this shit out of here. (laughs) Dr. Seward and Ben Helsing spend several days trying to revive Lucy, 
performing four blood transfusions. Oh. Their efforts ultimately come to nothing. One night, the men momentarily let down their guard and a wolf breaks into the Western house where they are. And <laughs> the shock oh. gives Lucy's mother a fatal heart attack. And the wolf attacks Lucy, killing her. Okay. Bing, bang, boom. Drama. I mean, does make sense because the age-old rivalry between vampires and werewolves, a.k.a. Jacob versus Edward. I was going to say, like <laughs> Twilight. <laughs> Everything in life comes back to Twilight. Oh, man. <laughs> After Lucy's death, Van Helsing leads Homewood, Seward, and Quincy Morris to her tomb. Who, if you remember, Quincy Morris was the cowboy, the American cowboy that was her other suitor. Oh, yeah. So her three suitors <laughs> are all going to her tomb. Oh, good. And Van Helsing convinces the other men that Lucy belongs to the undead. Oh. In other words, she's been transformed into a vampire like Dracula. Whoa. The men remain unconvinced until they see Lucy preying on a defenseless child, (laughs) which convinces them that she must be destroyed. Just like Hannah the Horse. Um, (laughs) What? Yeah. Destroyed. Lucy, no, don't eat kids. I know, right? (laughs) This is also so timely because... um, I say that about vampires, um, but because the current American Horror Story season is a two-parter, and the oh, first part yeah. just ended, and the first part is heavily related to vampires. So, oh, so I kept seeing like the creepy trailer for that. It kept coming up on Hulu. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. The cover picture is very strange. Like, I don't know what that is, but it was a really, yeah. really good season. Good to know. I haven't watched um, American Horror Story in years, but I have to get back into it, especially this time of year. Yeah, this season's good. I mean, it's only halfway over because they finished the first half, and now it's a sick, a different story. Oh, so. yeah, right? It's like half aliens, half... Yeah, half. so the first half was vampires, and then I think the second half is aliens. Anyway... <laughs> They agree to follow the ritual of vampire slaying to ensure that Lucy's soul will return to eternal rest. Of course. While the undead Lucy... Yeah, super nice. While the undead Lucy sleeps, Homewood plunges a stake through her heart. Cute. The men then cut off her head and stuff her mouth with garlic. Oh. After this deed is done, they pledge to destroy Dracula himself. They didn't go the extra step and burn her entire body, though. Yeah, so sounds risky. Yeah, because I learned from Twilight that you do need to take their head off and then also burn the body so that they can't come back. Yeah. It's like that uh, (laughs) monster from Hercules where when you cut off one head, two heads grow back. (laughs) Yeah. So It's like the rule from Zombieland. Yeah, Always so. two shots to make sure it's dead. Exactly. So back to our other plot line. Now married, Mina and Jonathan return to England oh, after his escape. 
and joined forces with the others. It's a miracle that he lived through crumbling castle walls and brain fever. Yeah, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But Mina then helps Van Helsing collect the various diary and journal entries that Harker, Seward, and the others have written, attempting to piece together a narrative that will lead them to the Count. Gotcha. Learning that, learning all that they can of Dracula's affairs, Van Helsing and his band track down. <laughs> I know they mean like his team, but yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about. His band. <laughs> his band. Track down the boxes of earth that the Count uses as a sanctuary during the night from Dracula's castle. So you are right. They're like little hotels that he sent himself around the area. I love that. He's really planning ahead. He's very smart. Really proactive, guys. <laughs> Their efforts seem to be going well, but then one of Dr. Seward's mental patients, Renfield, lets Dracula into the asylum where the others are staying. Um, those patients shouldn't have access to letting people in or out, but okay. Yeah. I think they don't mean, like, a mental hospital. I think they mean, like, safe place. Oh, okay. I thought the same thing when I read this before. I was like, mm. <laughs> You're like, ah. Let Dracula into the asylum where they're staying, allowing the Count to prey upon Mina. Fun. As Mina begins the slow change into a vampire, the men sterilize the boxes of Earth forcing Dracula to flee to the safety of his native Transylvania. Mm. The men pursue the Count, dividing their forces and tracking him across land and sea. Van Helsing takes Mina with him, and they cleanse Castle Dracula by killing the three female vampires and sealing all of the entrances with sacred objects. Nice. The others catch up with the Count just as he's about to reach his castle, and Jonathan and Quincy's use knives to destroy him. Knives. The end. Ooh. That's our synopsis of the novel. Nice. Lovely. In Thank my, you. In my notes, I wrote, read long-ass spark notes on air because it's important, lady. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So now we're going to talk a little bit about the major themes because there's more layers that you don't really get from the the summary. But first of our major themes is race. Dracula and specifically the Count's migration to Victorian England is frequently read as emblematic invasion literature, which is usually associated with war. Yeah. And like other people fleeing to countries and like, refugees and stuff like that. Gotcha. And it also exudes a projection of fear about racial, quote, racial pollution. Yeah, because they didn't like the Romanians or Transylvanians. Right. And, yeah. I'm sure there's people that, like, have dedicated, like, their entire PhD to to this, so... But we don't need to do that today, so... (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely heard a lot about, like, the negative racial connotations, or, like, ethnic, I guess, because it's not really a race. Um, Right. Just, like, the different discriminations against... I mean, there's the whole gypsy thing, which is not nice, but... 
Right. And then a number of scholars have also indicated that Dracula's version of the vampire myth participates in anti-Semitic stereotyping because throughout history, there's, as we know, so much anti-Semitism. So it just seems that, of course, there's anti-Semitic Semitic stereotyping involved as well, unfortunately. Can't just leave the poor Jewish people alone, can we? I know, dear lord. Our next major theme is gender and sexuality. Ooh. Sexuality and seduction are two of the novel's most frequently discussed themes, especially as it relates to the corruption of, quote, English womanhood. (laughs) (laughs) Modern critical writings about vampirism widely acknowledge its link to sex and sexuality. Um, Bram Stoker himself was possibly homosexual. Oh, we love that. A scholar, Talia Schaefer, points to intensely homoerotic letters sent him sent to him by the American poet Walt Whitman. <laughs> so I don't understand how they could say that he was possibly homosexual if he was also, exchanging extremely homoerotic letters. <laughs> Yeah, okay, so it was both ended. I thought you meant it was just him getting them. Okay, yeah, no, if you're sending homoerotic letters oh, across the Oh, I seas, read that wrong. Talia, scholar Talia Schaefer points to intensely homoerotic letters sent by him to the American poet Walt Whitman. <laughs> oh. So it may not have been reciprocated. It's like the... <laughs> the lesbian trope that's like oh they were roommates <laughs> that's how I feel like this is worded right now <laughs> oh my god and coincidentally Stoker began writing the novel one month following the imprisonment of his friend Oscar Wilde for homosexuality Oh, I've been to Oscar Wilde's gravesite fun fact oh fun in England I have not <laughs> And our next major theme is disease. The novel's representation of vampirism has been discussed as symbolizing Victorian anxieties about disease. Mm. Because as we know, (laughs) that shit was dirty back then. Oh my god, yeah. (laughs) This theme is discussed with far less frequency than the others because it's discussed alongside other topics rather than like as the central object of discussion. Mm -hmm. But there's like a like an Im- implication throughout the novel that refers to kind of disease and or using disease as a, as a metaphor or whatever. Yeah. But so those are our major themes. That wraps up our little section about the novel itself. Goodbye, so <laughs> So I know we mentioned that Dracula was not in fact based on Vlad the Impaler or Elizabeth Bathory. But not going to lie to you, that's the first research I did. I did so much research on Vlad the Impaler. So I'm going to tell you about him and Elizabeth anyway. Oh, yay! (laughs) Because it's some of that shit. Oh my gosh, you'll see. Yay! For this section, I watched A Drunk History with Seth Rogen. (gasps) (laughs) Sorry, for those of you who don't know, I'm actually obsessed with Seth Rogen and his pottery. It was very funny. I'll have to send you the link to it. Yes. Um, I watched a History Channel like show, Lost Worlds, The Real Dracula. 
season one, episode 10. And I listened to the Dracula episode of the Myths and Legends podcast. All right. So we're about to get into some real life Game of Thrones shit. Ooh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> Vlad the Impaler in full, Vlad the Third, Dracula, was born in 1431 in Transylvania, present day Romania. Mm-hmm. And he was the Prince of Wallachia in 1448 from. 1456 to 1462, and in 1476. So he had three different reigns. Gotcha. His cruel methods of punishing his enemies gained notoriety in 15th century Europe. He's known for unusually cruel and sadistic ways, hence the name. Yeah. His father, Vlad II, was his predecessor and was murdered by the Boyers, which is another group. Mm Mm-hmm. In the area. So obviously there was some beef there. Yeah. And if I tell you his whole life story. We're going to be here forever. Because he did. He like participated in like. A bunch of different wars. And then like was in power. And wasn't in power. And then his brother was in power. And then his brother. Died. It was a whole thing. Yeah. So I'm going to give you just a rundown of like. Facts about him. <laughs> Sounds good. So. Dracula does, in fact, mean son of the devil in Romanian. Ooh, And his family was also part of the, I swear to God, Order of the Dragon, which also connects to the Dracula name. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. I want to name my son Dracula. Son of the devil. (laughs) Dracul in Romanian. Dracul. When Vlad III, our impaler friend, comes into power, he's, like, super afraid of getting murdered after what happened to his dad. And he mostly fears poison. So before he eats or drinks anything, he makes a member of his staff taste it first. Understandable. That was, I feel like that was really common way back in the day. Yeah, it wasn't that weird. It just, for some reason, that fact, like, stuck out to me. There's, like, a whole time period of history where, like, it was a constant, like, am I gonna be poisoned? <laughs> True. It's just interesting. I think in a past life, I was maybe, like, a, I can't remember the title, but they're, like, witch doctor person in like a monastery that used to mix up all the potions. Yes. <laughs> I think that's one of my past lives. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he built mad palaces, I wrote in my notes, <laughs> including <laughs> Castle Dracula, which included a watchtower, a 60-foot wide moat, and an alleged torture chamber in the basement. Sounds fun. Mm. Was it on Zillow? <laughs> Totally. <laughs> there are still wild? ruins of Castle Dracula. There's still ruins of a lot of his castles. Ooh. Which, like, really just reminds you how freaking old Europe is. <laughs> yeah. Spooky road trip. Let's go. Yes. Romania. It does look very beautiful, like, from the yeah. videos that I saw. But at some point, Romania is in war with the Muslim Ottoman Empire while he's in power. Yeah. And Vlad sent messages to his fellow Christian military generals because his reign was a Christian reign, asking for help. And in one message, he sent along, brace yourself, 23,884 severed noses that were cut from the faces of his enemies. 
So there's that. Just saying, if he sent me that, there's a 0% chance that I'd be willing to send my army to help him. But maybe that's just me. That's so many noses. I'm also not sure how they found that exact number. He probably wrote about it in his diary. He's like, dear diary! People used to write everything down back then. (laughs) So weird. Now we just have Twitter and it's basically the same. Yeah. So, also in the Romanian-Ottoman War, there was an attack of Brasov that inspired the artwork that's called The Forest of the Impaled. Oh. And this was the first piece of art to make a link between Vlad and vampirism. But historians cite that he was never known for cannibalism, but it does look like cannibalism in this art. I'm looking it up. Yeah, the forests of the impaled. Wow. There's a lot of <laughs> images. Oh, yeah, look at that. Um, it's, uh, if you see the one that's, like, black and white with, like, a table. Yeah. That's the one. Oh. It's, uh, captioned 10 famous psychopaths from history. <laughs> Checks out. <laughs> I'm dead. That's great. So... Yeah, that's the first to make a link between Vlad and vampirism, but Did like he history. drink their blood? Is that what they thought of? They like allegedly he like dipped his bread in their blood one time and then everybody was like, he's a vampire. But really I think he was just trying to show how much of a fucking sociopath he was, so Yeah, because he's just like eating at this table and there's just piles of people on sticks. Yeah. Interesting. So this was early war propaganda, but there were apparently during that war at one point twenty thousand people impaled on poles. Oh, which is why good. he's called Vlad the Impaler. Yep, that just seemed like a lot of effort. You gotta like get them up there. Yeah, the only place I found this story was the drunk history episode, but I have to tell you about it. Did you watch Game of Thrones? Yes. You know the red wedding scene where. Yes. They, like, lock the doors and then kill everybody inside. Apparently this, he did this. Okay, I think I've heard something that it's, like, actually true, yeah. So, he, soon after he came into power, he invited a bunch of boyer leaders, which, like, if you remember, the boyers were the guys that murdered his dad. Yeah. Um, He invited them to the palace for dinner, and they had, like, a grand old time, we're eating and drinking. And then he had his guards lock the door and impaled all of them. So all I could think about was that red wedding scene from Game of Thrones. Because I was like, that's like the exact same thing. <laughs> Literally, that's what yeah. happened. And that's what the, the Seth Rogen drunk history, that's like what they do is that scene. Yeah. Which they make it funny because... <laughs> oh. As but always. I like my mind was like blown when I learned that was a thing that happened allegedly. <laughs> oh, and our pal Vlad was married. Oh, good for him. But his wife killed herself by throwing herself down a mountain that's now into a river. And oh, it's now known as the Princess River. 
Oh. Still to this day. That's a bit scary. Don't love yeah, that. Yeah, because uh, Castle Drac is, like, up on, like, a pointy mountain. Like, exactly how you'd picture, like, a, oh a villain's castle. Um, <laughs> and so she literally, like, flung herself into the river. <laughs> oh, God. So, but thus naming the Princess River. Not gonna lie, if I was married to this guy, I probably would do the same thing. Because it's not like you really had an option to leave. <laughs> yeah. So. It's like, you know, throw yourself down a mountain or get impaled by him. So. Yeah. So. Just... A more positive fact is that he founded the city of Bucharest in Romania. Ooh. And my final Vlad the Impaler fact for you is that he has a crazy tomb site in Romania, but the body isn't actually there, and nobody knows where his body is. Ah! <laughs> they, like, did, like, way, way back, did, like, an excavation trying to get his body, and I don't know what the study was for, but there was nothing there when they dug it up. They were oh like, God. Oh. They were probably looking for, like, DNA or just to, like, see, like, stuff. Or he's a vampire. Yeah. He didn't actually die. So, like we said, sadly we now know that he wasn't actually the influence for Stoker's book, but I thought it was worth talking about anyway, because for a very long time they thought he was the influence for Stoker's book. So Yeah. And there also has been rumor that Elizabeth Bathory was an influence for the book which we now know she isn't as well but i'll tell you about her too because she's also crazy yeah she's wacky (laughs) so (laughs) countess elizabeth bathory de said was born in august 1560 and died in august 1614 She was a Hungarian noblewoman and alleged serial killer from the family of Bathory, who owned land in the Kingdom of Hungary, now Mm. Hungary, Slovakia, and Romania. Mm. Bathory has been labeled by Guinness World Records as the most prolific female murderer. Yeah. Although the number of victims is debated because she was alive so long ago. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it's like, was this just like lore from townspeople? Right. Exactly. Bathory and four collaborators were accused of torturing and killing hundreds of girls and women between 1590 and 1610. Why do you hate females? You are one lady. Oh, yeah. She like just like picked off girls from like surrounding villages and was like, I'm taking this one to my castle. I'm taking this one to my castle. And then just killed them all. That's quite rude. It is. The highest number of victims cited during Bathory's trial was 650. The number comes from the claim by a servant girl named Susanna. That who had allegedly seen that number in one of her private books or diaries. The book was never revealed, and the court official never actually mentioned it in his testimony. But despite the evidence against Bathory, her family's importance protected her from a death sentence. Typical. Yep. Mm. She was imprisoned in December 1610 within the castle of Sejiti in Mm. present-day Slovakia. 
The stories of Bathory's sadistic serial murders are verified by the testimony of more than 300 witnesses and survivors, as well as physical evidence and the presence of horribly mutilated, dead and dying imprisoned girls found at the time of her arrest. Yeah. Stories describing Bathory's vampiric tendencies, such as the tale that she bathed in the blood of virgins to retain her youth. Yeah. Were generally recorded years after her death and were considered unreliable. Yeah. So in the morbid episode, when they talk about this, so one of the main, one of the hosts of morbid is an autopsy tech. Oh, yeah. And she was like, there's not, she was like, you'd have to kill, like, so many people and drain their blood into the bathtub to actually fill, like, a human-sized bathtub. So they kind of debunked that, but it's still, like, she probably did, like, put blood of dead virgins on her face and stuff. Like, there was, there's always been those tales about how that's, like, good for you, which is disturbing, but. Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, like we said, those accounts were generally recorded years after her death and were considered unreliable. Yeah. (laughs) Her story, however, quickly became part of national folklore, and her infamy persists to this day. Mm. Some insist that she inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula, although there's no evidence to support this hypothesis. Yeah, especially because his character was a dude. And didn't bathe in blood. Yeah. Nicknames and literary epithets attributed to her do include the Blood Countess and Countess Dracula, which were later works. Mm-hmm. So, there's that. Some fun <laughs> facts. Yeah, you can see how, like, my entire research world was flipped upside down when I read that thing about how the book wasn't in- actually inspired by Vlad. I was like, fuck that was like all the research I had found to start and I was like well I guess I'm going to include it anyway I mean (laughs) super interesting how do you just like yeah I'm just going to impale all of these people like what and the whole red wedding scene yeah but now we get to talk about legacy and pop culture woo twilight oh that last section was from wikipedia by the way oh lovely First things first, Dracula was not the first piece of literature to depict vampires. But the novel has nonetheless come to dominate both popular and scholarly treatments of vampire fiction. A.K.A. it was kind of the first one to stick. Yeah. To this day, Count Dracula is the first character to come to mind when people discuss vampires. Well, other than maybe, like, Edward Cullen. Yeah, I was going to say, nowadays it might be Twilight for a lot of us. (laughs) But in general. Yeah, or at least, like, um, Vampire Diaries or some shit. So many vampires now. Dracula draws together folklore, legend, vampire fiction, and the conventions of the gothic novel. It shaped the popular understanding of how vampires function, including their strengths, weaknesses, and other characteristics. Mm. Bats had been associated with vampires before Dracula. Nice. As a result of the vampire bat's existence. Yeah. 
for example, the novel Varney the Vampire from 1847, so 50 years before Dracula came out. Oh, wow. Um, included an image of a bat on its cover illustration, but Stoker deepened the association by making Dracula able to transform into one. Varney could not. So, like other things we've covered, there's literally thousands of pop culture references to Dracula. Maybe millions. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But in this case, this novel inspired essentially an entire genre of literature and film. So it's a little bit different. (laughs) So that being said, I'm just going to read a few of the most notable adaptations of the original. Because most of the pop culture references just use, like count dracula as a character or they're like a spinoff of whatever like a second plot line or like a completely different plot where just count dracula is included yeah stoker actually wrote the first adaptation of his novel which Mm -hmm. is a theatrical adaptation that was presented and performed only once in the may of 1897 which was actually before the novel was published oh It it had been written, but it wasn't published yet. Yeah. The first time that Dracula was featured in film was a Hungarian silent film, Dracula Halala. Halala. The Death of Dracula. That was released (laughs) in 1921, and it's an alleged lost film, which is kind of cool. Like, nobody can find a copy of it anywhere. Whoa. Which I, like, I guess I didn't really think about that before like about how that's a thing but yeah that's why there was a stage play in 1924 um a host of dracula movies so the first one in 1931 mostly inspired by the stage play Mm. second in 1958 notably an overtly sexual depiction Ooh. Another in 1970 with the same character as Count Dra- with the same actor as Count Dracula. So another very overtly sexual depiction. Cute. Another Dracula movie in 1979. Oh, jeez. And then the one that I watched, which is Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula from 1992. Ooh. Directed by the very famous Francis Ford Coppola. Hmm. Uh-huh. And I have a couple fun ones <laughs> that I found. Dracula was performed entirely on a bouncy castle at the 2008 Edinburgh French Festival. 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 Stop. Oh. <laughs> bouncy Castle Dracula was produced by the Sterling Theatricals, the company behind its Bouncy Castle Hamlet and Bouncy Castle Macbeth, which were featured on TV's Britain's Got Talent. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I tried to find a YouTube video of any of them, and I couldn't. I need a Bouncy Castle Wicked. I just thought that was really hilarious. That's so fun. Uh, There was a TV show from 2013 to 2014 called Dracula. Mm. And then in 2011, there was an adult film. Oh, good. Called This Ain't Dracula XXX. (laughs) (laughs) Horror hustler film based on Bram Stoker's novel. And then I wrote LOL. (laughs) (laughs) And in 2020, a Dracula miniseries for the BBC in partnership with Netflix was released. 
I I didn't watch it, but it came up on my suggested. Cute. That's just a snippet of the legacy that was left behind by Bram Stoker's novel, and I don't first see Count Dracula and that whole vampire literature film genre going away anytime soon. What's your favorite vampire movie? Ooh, that's a good question. I guess I haven't seen that many vampire movies. I, so there's like a few that are like older, they're like 90s movies, I think. And there's one where it's that kid who's like the little vampire or something. And he's that like little kid with the blonde hair and those little round glasses. Yes. Oh my gosh. Tries to make friends and stuff. And I feel like that has to be my favorite. There's that one. And then there's, um, the one where, like, mom goes on a date with a vampire or something. Yes. Isn't and there... they, like, watch the old Dracula movies in that one because yes. they're, like, afraid of it. It's funny. Isn't there one that's, like, my babysitter's a vampire or something? Like that, that was a TV show. And, yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I guess The Little Vampire would probably be my favorite just because I don't think I've seen that many. And then, like, Twilight, obviously. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I read all, not all, I read most of the Twilight books in high school. I read all of them, except for there's a brand new one, which I didn't read, but oh. I probably won't. Because I do I'm know sorry. that when I was a kid, I loved the <laughs> Bonicula book about the bunny <laughs> vampire. <laughs> I just hated it. I didn't read it. I just saw the red eyes and the bunny, you know, and went, mm, I loved now. it. <laughs> I was a weird child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna have to watch more now. So Yeah. Well it's Let's see. about to be the thirty one days of Halloween. Yes. And I need to I... watch that Hotel Transylvania. Yes. And what we do in the shadows, or what they do in the shadows. True. I have always liked the Adams Family. That's, yes, that's a classic. Oh, Morticia. What a yes. queen. What a queen. Yes. Morticia just always reminds me of Cher. Yeah. <laughs> or, um, I forgot her name, who plays Elvira. She just came out as a lesbian. Oh, yeah. It was, um, was like the perfect spooky season news. Yeah. <laughs> I always liked that um, on TV land, like the old shows. I used to like the monsters, and there's vampires involved in that too. Yeah. But all the old ones. Anywho, well, I hope that was <laughs> that fueled your Halloween fire. Oh yeah, I've I really literally just watched an episode of What They Do in the Shadows last night. Perfect. Um, I am so ready. For all the Halloween movies. I am a little annoyed because I saw the like list of the schedule for the Halloween movies on Freeform. Love Shrek, but why do they have it as a Halloween movie? It's not a Halloween movie. It's like that's an any day movie, but it's not a Halloween movie. So Yeah, I've watched Hocus Pocus this year. I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas. The best. And then part of Dracula. But nice. I'm sure I'll have plenty more that or TV sh- spooky TV shows. Yeah, so. I watched a documentary about um 
medical devices last night, and that was pretty spooky. They're not regulated mm-hmm. by the FDA very well. Mm-hmm. They just kind of get... It's really, really fucked up, but... Anyways. <laughs> Thank you for Dracula. That was very fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Love a good vampire, even if they don't sparkle. True. Sadly, we love garlic too much to ever get it in, but it's okay. That's true. We will never become vampires. Garlic Garlic runs through our blood. Yeah. (laughs) But you all know the deal. Stay tuned next Monday and every Monday for new episodes. You can find us wherever you're currently listening, wherever you like to listen. Yeah, <laughs> we're on Instagram at Monday Mornings Pod, on Twitter at Monday Mornings P, and we have a Facebook page, but we don't use it. Yeah, but we have it. <laughs> yeah, we have it. Um, we also have an email, which is Monday Mornings Pod at gmail dot com, and if you would like any topics that you have that you want to suggest to us, anything along those lines, feel free hit us up, DM us anywhere, send us an email. Carrier pigeon. I don't know. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review us on iTunes. If you send me a screenshot, I will send you a sticker. Woo! Just so you know. I'll send you an air high five. (laughs) As always, start your Monday mornings the right way with Maddie and Morgan. Pew, pew, pew! No! Also, we have a new Halloween logo. Oh, yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Allie. Thank you, Allie.